Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Chuck Carroll has lost an incredible 280 pounds. His five foot five frame once struggled to support the 420 pounds it was carrying around every day. With a 66 inch waist and a 6XL shirt, Chuck knew that if he didn't make drastic changes and break a severe food addiction, he would be dead before his 30th birthday. Chuck has kept the weight off for more than 10 years and attributes his sustained success to eating a healthy plant-based diet. Today, he speaks passionately about breaking the fatal food cycle and helps others as a host of the popular podcast, The Exam Room. Listen in on how this incredibly inspiring man chooses himself bite by bite, pound by pound. Chuck Carroll, I'm so excited for you to be here. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, it is my pleasure. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the exam room as well. Yes, it was so wonderful to meet you. That was the first time we connected somehow. We have all these people in common in our lives and a lot of we're in the same world. And it was only recently that we had that opportunity to connect. And in the little snippets that you shared with me about your story during the interview that you're giving me, I wanted to hear more. And so I'm excited to dive in and, and learn more about your incredible story. Happy to be here. And hopefully somebody who is in my old shoes will hear this and realize that they are not in a hopeless situation and they too can change their life around in ways that they never possibly imagined. That is exactly what I'm hoping for too. So let's dig in. So you are known as the quote unquote weight loss champion. Pray tell. <laughs> Pray tell. Well, where to start? It dates all the way back to being a young, young Lottie, uh, you know, growing up with a single mom, she didn't have a whole lot of time and we didn't have a whole lot of financial resources. So that meant a lot of trips through the drive through, um, just out of convenience and, and the fact that the economics worked out there. So, um, really got, uh, ingrained into the fast food culture very early in life. And, um, my kind of obsession with it grew and grew and grew over time, um, as did my waistline, while my health deteriorated very rapidly um, because of my obsession. I was on blood pressure medication when I was in high school already. Wow. Yeah, I was I was over 300 pounds when I graduated, but didn't max out um, until I was in my mid-20s when I was 420 pounds um, and didn't think I was going to live to see... 30. Um, but after uh, I lost all the weight, and there's a lot to this story I'm sure that we'll get into, but after I'd lost the weight, I got this incredible surge of confidence. And anybody who's ever lost weight kind of knows what I'm talking about. And I asked myself, what did I want to be when I grow up? And I've always loved sports. So I started my own sports media company, began covering the NFL team here in Washington, uh, befriended a lot of players. And when they heard about my weight loss story, one of them in particular started calling me the weight loss champion and the name stuck. Okay. So what was the moment or what was the epiphany or what was the, when did you hit that spot where you were ready? Because you have to want to make a dramatic transformation like this. It has to come from somewhere deep. What was that for you? It was a combination of things. There wasn't really one defining moment. There were three in particular that really weighed heavily on me. Um, number one, when I was so severely overweight, my self-confidence was absolutely nothing, you know, and I was somehow able to begin dating um, just this gorgeous woman who um, worked with me at the time. 
And I guess she gravitated toward me because I was on the radio and maybe she thought there was a little bit of a rub there. I don't know. But what happened was every single day I would ask her, you know, can we tell our friends, can we tell our family, our colleagues that we're dating? And she would always say no. And the only thing that I could surmise from that or hypothesize was she was ashamed to be with somebody who was as heavy as I was. And so every day that was like being stabbed in the heart. So that, that part sucked. Number two, um, (laughs) I mean, it it really, it stuck with me too. Um, But number two, my grandfather on my father's side died of a series of heart attacks before I was born. My grandfather on my mother's side had had a series of heart attacks and had a number of stents and heart procedures already. Um, And my own father was also now experiencing heart issues. And I was at a point where I could barely walk you know, 10 feet without my chest beginning to tighten. You hear people use the analogy. It feels like an elephant is sitting on my chest. Yep. I was experiencing that at 24, 25 years old, where I would literally have to stop after just a few steps and, and catch my breath and, and wait for the sweat to stop my chest to open back up, walk a few more steps, rinse and repeat. And that was really terrifying because I was just on the accelerated plan to an early grave, you know, whereas they were in their 50s, 60s, 70s uh, when they started having heart issues. Here I am in my 20s and I've already kind of reached that. Um, And then number three was what I call the flight of shame. And that was a cross-country flight where I was just dreading this. I hadn't flown Juliana in so many years. And I was dreading the day. This was for business, super important trip. And I was just praying. I was bargaining with God. Please let me be able to fit in this seat. What I wasn't counting on was the day that I boarded the plane and I made that right-hand turn to walk up the aisle. And I felt like everybody who had boarded ahead of me just kind of stopped dead in their tracks, whether they were sitting down in their seat already or whether they were putting their luggage into the overhead bin, they just stopped and they froze and it was all eyes on me. And whereas I was bargaining with God before the flight, everybody else then began bargaining with God. They were saying the prayer, please don't let this guy sit next to me. And I saw that in their eyes with every road that I passed. And I would hear this almost sigh of relief, like, thank God, prayers are answered. So I shuffle all the way to the back of the plane, and I had to shimmy and turn just to get past each row so I could kind of slide through, almost turn to the side because I couldn't fit straight down the aisle. And when I finally got to the seat, I squeezed with all of my might trying to get the seatbelt to connect. And that wasn't even coming close. So I literally lifted up my belly and I tried to squeeze the seatbelt underneath there, thinking that that would buy me some room. But neither one of those came close. So after having all of those stares and those prayers, Uh, As I was walking up toward my seat, I now had to walk back down the aisle, ask the flight attendant for a seatbelt extender so we could take off. And that is when I did my walk of shame back to the back of the airplane with the seatbelt extender in my hand. And so you put all three of those things together. That really is what spurred me to finally be able to make a lasting change. Wow. That's incredible. I wonder, I mean, just to throw this out there and you don't have to answer this, just I wonder how much of what you read into all those people on the plane and the girl you were dating, I wonder how much of that was real for them or if that was just your fear and your interpretation of that, you know, because 
we have so much going on internally in our dialogue I, and you don't ever really know exactly because we can't read minds. I just find that so fascinating. It's, it's definitely a fair question to ask. And it's something that I have wondered myself. I think that it may be exaggerated some in my mind, truth be told. But what I do know factually is that it literally was every day that she would tell me not to tell anybody that we were dating. And I know that there were very, very, very many stairs in my direction when I boarded the plane that day. So was it to the extent where literally everybody was praying to whoever their God may be, um, don't let me sit next to them? I can't say for certain in my mind that day, that was 100% factual. Maybe it was a half of the plane. Maybe it was a quarter of the plane, but it it was certainly real. Um, a good part of that was definitely real. It was definitely real for you, no matter what it was going on. I'm just, it's just so fascinating. So, you know, we we're already on the same page, I think in terms of diet. I mean, that's how we kind of came together, but I want to talk more about the mindset. That's what choosing now is all about. And, you know, I spend most of my hours with coaching and consulting with clients and now my, my new book, uh, the choosing now diet and my, the group I'm leading, everything is really centering more and more on the weight loss transformation. And it's, it's not just the food, like so much has to take place, um, psychologically, emotionally, and there's so much determination and desire that has to be there for this to go through this, this journey. So what was that like? Can you tell about your determination, your stamina? Like how did that part start? And I mean, you were obviously, I see why, but like, what did it take for the, the next steps to actually be actuated? It was just, I, I, it was a desire to live more than anything else. I think, you know, I, there were so many things in life that I wanted to accomplish and there was no way I was going to get anywhere close to being able to accomplish them. If I were to die before I turned 30 years old, there was just no way, nor at that point was I really in any sort of physical condition to accomplish much of anything either. So I had stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to live that was a very, very, very motivating factor. Um, but, you know, like so many people before me and, and, and just everybody who's listening to this who has struggled with their weight, you know, you try and you fail and you try and you fail and you try and you fail. And I had gone up and down that scale so many times that it made my mind spin. And, you know, I was reading a study earlier today before we've recorded this, you know, trying to find out how many times the average person has to go through rehab before they're able to successfully kick the habit. And it averages between five and six attempts. And then when you put that in terms of losing weight and keeping it off, I would say that that's about right too. So I just decided this time to rethink everything. And I, I, I fully admit, you know, I, I went through the drastic decision to have weight loss surgery because I didn't know anything about healthy eating at that point. All I knew was that I wanted to live and I did what I thought at the time was what I needed to do in order to survive. And so when I came out of that surgery, I decided to rethink everything that I had ever done before, all of those failed diets. I took that formula of gym, gym membership and diet plan, and I just threw that out the window. I didn't just throw it. I loaded it into a bazooka and shot that thing as far <laughs> away as I possibly could. And I was just like, I'm doing this my way. And so I never got a gym membership. Um, and I, I went from just being able to walk 
10 feet to being able to walk across the street. And then it was around the block and then one block became two and then three and then a mile. Eventually I was walking five miles every single day on my lunch break as I began to explore what I thought at the time was healthy eating. And so I'm melting literally, and I was getting this incredible surge of confidence. And I use that as my motivation to keep going. It just dawned on me that there is no one right diet. There's not a one size fits all diet that's going to work for everybody. When you're talking about taking charge of your health, like it is a very personal journey. That's why I love the choose you now diet, right? Because you are choosing you. You're not taking somebody else's thing and, and trying to put that square peg into your round hole. No, you have a custom plan here to help you. And I think that once people start to internalize what it takes to become successful in terms of reclaiming your health, that is when they can cut the cord on that yo-yo. They can get off of that roller coaster and finally have that long success that they've always wanted. I mean, you achieved this extraordinary weight loss of 280 pounds. I, that's just, it's, it's even hard to imagine. What, what has been like your journey, your mindset journey through, like you started and then you had the weight loss surgery and then what happened? <laughs> well, <laughs> a, a lot. Um, you know, I got that surge of confidence and uh, started covering the NFL. And when I got the nickname, the weight loss champion, it was like something kind of clicked in me. And I was like, well, I've got this title now and I was doing a radio show with the player. So it was kind of stuck. And I was like, well, I guess I'm kind of stuck with this, but I feel great. So I'm just going to own it. And the more that I embraced it, um, the more uh, I went down the health rabbit hole and I was loving what I was finding. And just by, you know, happenstance as, as my confidence grew, um, I wound up uh, finally getting the confidence to ask out this other girl who I had always had a crush on. Um, we had many friends in common, but you know, for years and years and years, I'd been wanting to talk to her, but I was like, she wants nothing to do with me, but you know, what the heck I'm doing. Okay. Now let me ask her out. Now we're married. So that oh, was a cool little, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny how that works out. Like, you know, you just kind of know, Maybe there's this special connection with that person, even if you haven't expressed that yet. So, you you know, when it when it does happen, like it's just pure magic. And so I've been living that magic now every day for we're going to be celebrating our seventh wedding anniversary this year, which is really cool. Happy anniversary. Um, that, that is very cool. Thank you. Um, so we did that. And then, you know, I start covering news and I start seeing like all kinds of crazy fun things. And my confidence grows as my appetite for health and nutrition grows. And one of the things, honestly, that I haven't talked about was when CBS, who I was working for at the time, caught wind of my story as well. They asked me to develop, a, a you know, some national weight loss content for them. Um, and so that's really kind of what catapulted me into this direction. But I'll tell you, there's only so much that you can do as a news reporter day in and day out covering death and destruction. That takes a toll on you mentally. Um, so... I needed to make a real change to keep with this positive mental attitude that, you know, matches who I had become as a human being. So um, I approached the physicians committee with the concept of doing the exam room podcast. And now I get the opportunity to interview doctors and dietitians, the people who are actually doing this research that gets talked about so much. Um, it's really a privilege to do that. And then other people who, you know, you know this because you have the show, other people who have had just this incredible success as well and, and getting the opportunity to speak to them about their journeys 
and finding that commonality there and then hoping that somebody, uh, someone who's listening is like, that's me, that's me too. If they can do it, I can do it. And then to get the feedback from that listener after they've begun their transformation is just the most rewarding thing in the entire world. Yeah, that was that was another question I had for later, but this is a perfect segue. What would you tell anyone that's out there listening who has anything that they're facing, something like this, like wanting to change their health, change their diet, change their lifestyle, but they feel that those goals are insurmountable? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, they are not insurmountable. And anybody who you look at and you may admire and think that they're a superman or superwoman and they have these magical weight loss health powers that you will never have, well, the truth of the matter is that you already have everything that it takes to do this. You just need to believe in yourself. And I know that that sounds trite. I 1000% recognize that because if you would have told that to the 420 pound me, I would have looked at you cross-eyed. Like, matter of fact, my eyes would have been so cross looking at you, they would have been straight again. Like that's, that's just, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just how crazy it sounds, but it is the God's honest truth. So you have to recognize just how powerful of a human being you already are. Okay. And once you have that mindset that there is no obstacle that you can't overcome, you've removed that barrier that you have put up yourself. Like this is a self erected barrier that a lot of people don't recognize. And so when you remove that self erected barrier, that's when you can step into your real self, the person whom you've always wanted to be. So remove those obstacles and you already have everything else inside of you that it takes. And you're not going to get it right on your first first go round. Like that's why you hear people refer to this as a journey, right? A journey is very rarely just a straight path. A journey is going to have zigs and zags and ups and downs and ebbs and flows, and that's cool. Just enjoy the ride and gain as much knowledge as you possibly can over the course of time. And and if you slip up, my goodness gracious, this is important. If you slip up, don't let that derail you permanently. Oh, that's what I always say, radical self-compassion. And that's that's where the magic happens is that decision after you go off plan. That one moment, it's like if you go right back, it'll never be a problem. For sure. For sure. And 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 but see, now here's where we haven't really touched too much on food addiction yet. Like I am so paranoid, or at least I was, of going back to my old ways that I I don't do cheat days. I don't do anything like that. So we talked about what what kind of diet, quote unquote, works for the individual. It is very individualized. I know the way that I'm wired that I can't go to Taco Bell and indulge one time without, you know, relapsing and and very soon picking up my old $20 a day Taco Bell habit. Like at my heaviest, I was eating 10,000 calories a day. And Taco Bell was a huge part of that. So I know what works for me. But just because a person has a slip up does not mean that they have to go into that relapse. If you slip up, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep right on going. Do not let failure define you because it's so easy to throw in that towel, right? You know, it's, it's so easy to go back to those old ways. It's like slipping on an old pair of comfortable slippers. But the fact of the matter is you still need to break in your new healthy shoes and you can do that. They're already halfway broken in when you slip. So just get back in those shoes and keep breaking them in and you're going to be just fine. I'd love to kind of just for a moment, kind of 
focus, like you said, on food addiction. I, I really think that, you know, it's the food and I always want to encourage my clients. It's, you know, you're not broken. It's these, these foods that are hyper palatable and that make you like, you can never, I will never be able to have enough vegan pizza. I have that first bite and I call that breaking the seal. You know, that first bite of vegan pizza, I will want six vegan pizzas and French fries. I've got a few things on my list that I know I can't break the seal and have one bite. What is this like for you? It's, it's okay. Now it's, it was not always the easiest thing in the world. Um, you just learn to live with it in time. And so you, you have that compassion and what I tell people, honestly, because it can be the hardest thing in the world to kick a bad habit. And what I tell people is here's what has worked for me. Give this a try. Hopefully it works for you. Instead of fighting it, just tooth and nail and beating yourself up. Like, why am I even having these cravings? Just accept the fact that you're having the craving, right? Just accept the fact that for these next couple of minutes, your life is going to suck and you're only going to want that sixth piece of pizza. You're only going to want to eat that double whopper, right? Because it's not the most pleasant thing in the world. And even though it stinks right then and there, you're only talking about two minutes, three minutes, whatever the case may be, that craving will pass. And so just embrace the fact that it kind of stinks right now. Don't fight it. Don't give into it. That's also important. Don't give into it, but trust that it will pass. And then once it does, you can continue on your healthier path. No problem. So embrace the suck, you know, give it a hug and be like, it's going to be okay, buddy. And then once you get past that, you're going to be okay. (laughs) That's a great way to think about it. All right. Last question. I have so many questions for you, but let's just, we have to wrap it up. So I want to know, and this is the most important question. Right now, Chuck, how do you choose you now? Ooh, boy, that's a loaded question right there. How do I choose me now? Uh, it's, it's really simple. It is just deciding that I am going to put myself above everybody else. And that, that is not meant to be in a selfish way. What I mean by that is if I'm at a party, And somebody's like, oh, just have a little bit of this or have a little bit of that. One won't hurt you. I say, no, you know, I choose me. I choose to continue to go down that healthier path. And just as I could choose to have frosted flakes or, you know, honeycomb cereal for breakfast instead of that oatmeal. No, I choose me and I choose the oatmeal with the fruit. And just as I could choose to go back to Taco Bell and eat, you know, that $20 a day uh, worth of heart attack in a sack. I don't do that. I choose to go the healthier route. So I choose to put my health above everyone else. And that is what works for me. Fantastic. You're such an inspiration, Chuck. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me. It all starts in the moment. Make the decision step by step. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. And the more simple you can be, the easier it is to just start Choose You Now again and again and again. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash choose you now. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive bonus content. Please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.